This podcast is presented to you by Pastor Randy Han and Celebration Church in Fresno, California. For more information, please visit celebrationchurch.cc. We are excited that you're here. Let me just say hello to all of the campuses and just so excited that that you chose to get up and prioritize your life. And, uh, you know, I'm telling you, if you're a doer of the word, you, you being here today is, is, is just like you're giving, you're obeying God, and it just pays. The Bible says godliness is profitable. It pays to obey God. So I just commend you for being here. We're wrapping up this summer and getting ready to get into the fall. And I'm excited about this season because it's football season. <laughs> How about them Raiders, huh? I know it's preseason and those wins and losses really don't matter, but man, those Niners aren't looking very good. They can't even win a preseason, preseason game. I'm trying to record the, the, uh, what is it? The biggest loser. You know, I'm trying to record that on my DVR, biggest loser. And every time I try to record the biggest loser on my DVR, it keeps recording the 49ers games. Oh my. <laughs> That's funny. Are you going to play with me or not? <laughs> well, 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 we are excited. You hear about the blonde, the blonde. I haven't been in church in a long time. I got a blonde. I haven't even shared a blonde joke in a long time. Well, I don't want to offend anybody, so I won't do that this morning. But did you hear about the blonde that was driving her car? <laughs> she was driving her car, and she looked out in this open field, and there's another blonde out there in a boat just rolling away, just, 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 and stirring up dust. I mean, there ain't no water nowhere. And here's this blonde with her oars in the, in the, in just the dirt. And she's just stirring up dirt. And, and the blonde that was driving the car got so irritated. She pulls her car over, yells at the other, but what in the world do you think you are doing? It's, it's blondes like you that gives all the rest of us blondes a bad name. You know, if I could swim, I'd come out there and I would... <laughs> I'd whoop you. I would, I would, I'd, I'd. <laughs> oh my, that's funny. I don't care who you are. That's, that's funny. That's funny. That's funny. Wow. Some of you don't even get it, but, but just, just, just in the lobby after services, all of our campuses is going, they'll tell you what that was all about and say, it might be because you're blonde, but anyhow, kicking off a brand new series today. I'm excited, excited, excited about what we're getting ready to get into. Um, the title of this series is God Needs You, God Needs You to Pray. Uh, man, I loved what my wife just did praying for our students and praying for uh, those that are involved in the schools and stuff. I'm telling you, there, there is power and help in, in prayer. And that's the reason why we take that moment at all of our campuses just to believe God this is going to be the, one of the greatest years in our school district uh, here in our valley. The protection is upon our schools and our children, and that they just excel, man. They're just, 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 they're just better. They learn. Learning is easier, and and I believe God is answering that prayer for for you if you're part of the you know faculty or you're just a student. So I, I love that. Um, let let me since we're going to talk about prayer, I should pray. Father, I thank you today for your help. Thank you for every life that's here in all of our services. God, there in Madeira. God, thank you that they're there in Madeira. Thank you that they're there in Fresno and here in Clovis together in this moment. God, stir us today. Inspire us today, God. 
God, I pray that you would take this moment and change our lives forever. In Jesus' name, and Lord, if it's possible, help the Niners this year. In Jesus' name, amen, amen, and amen. Woo! Um, if you were here last, uh, last week, we learned that the Word of God does not work without our participation with God is such an important truth that you understand that. In other words, for, for God to do his part, what he has promised, you actually activate it by doing your part. That's the reason why we say, hey, it's important to give, and it's important to come to church, and it's important to honor God, and it's important to worship God. Why? Because when you do what God says to do, you actually activate what he has promised to do in your life. And we learned that great, great teaching at all of our campuses last week that shared that. Um, For God to do his part, God needs you to do your part. Now, never is this more true than in this area of of prayer. So for the next couple weeks, I want to talk about this idea that God needs, God needs you to pray. Um, Did you know that there are things that God wants to do in our nation? There are things that God wants to do in our lives, in our families, in our kids. Um, But in order for him to do them, you have to pray. God just doesn't automatically do that. Now, um, when it comes to prayer, most Christians, uh, they know they should pray, uh, but but most don't pray uh, because the truth is, is most don't see the value in, in prayer. And for most church-going people, if we're honest, we just think, I'll say it for y'all, we just think prayer is kind of, kind of boring. And uh, I want to spend the next couple of weeks to maybe challenge that mindset. Well, what if prayer was exciting? What if prayer was really enjoyable and something that you actually look forward to doing? This is what I want to accomplish over the next few weeks. I believe God's going to get involved and you're going to see prayer in a way that you've never seen prayer before. And I want to kick off this, this, uh, this, this short series by uh, maybe painting this picture for you um, because the Bible gives us a picture of just how amazing prayer is. Maybe you've never heard this concept before, but, but the Bible does give us imagery of what literally happens when you pray here on earth and what actually takes place in heaven. And um, we find that here in Revelations chapter 5. And not many of us read out of the book of Revelations, but it's an awesome book. And um, it, it gives us some insight, some imagery, a picture of what takes place in Revelations chapter 5. Notice what it says at all the campuses, verse 8. It says, when he, this is Jesus, took the scroll, the four living beings, those are angels, and the 24 elders, um, that's the the 12 tribes and the 12 apostles that that actually makes up the whole church, that that represents the whole church. It's just imagery there. Uh, Fell down before the Lamb, Jesus, that's Jesus. Each one had a harp, now catch this, and they held gold bowls, Filled with incense, which are the prayers of God's people. So in heaven, in heaven, there's this. This isn't gold. This 
this isn't gold. Some of you aren't tithing, so we couldn't afford a gold bowl today, but, but, but we got a clear bowl today. Is anybody going to help me preach today? But, but, but in heaven, there are angels, and they're holding bowls, and in those bowls, the Bible says, are the prayers of God's people. It goes on to say in chapter 8, verse 4, what actually happens in the the throne room of heaven while they're holding those those bowls of God's people and, and the prayers. It says, the smoke of the burning incense went up with the prayers of God's people from the hands of the angel standing before God. And then the angel took the incense burner, filled it with fire from the altar, now notice this, and threw it on the earth. Threw it on the earth. Um, here, here's the picture. Is apparently there are bowls. I understand in the text, it, it didn't say one bowl. It said bowls. And it also said that they were not empty, but they were filled. And they were filled with the prayers of God's people. And the imagery or the picture is, is that when you pray here on earth, you're actually pouring prayers into the bowls in heaven, that, that the angels take those prayers and they, they, they offer that aroma up to God, and, and then, and then God's, God, is, God is touched by those prayers, and then he, he tells the angels to, to take fire from the altar of heaven and to send it back to the earth. Fire represents the power of the Holy Spirit. So, 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 so when we pray, here's the picture. When we pray here on earth, we're actually pouring prayers into bowls. You, you, you have a bowl in heaven. And when you pray, you actually pour your prayers into a bowl in heaven. And the angels bring that bowl which becomes an aroma before God. And as God is impacted by that prayer and hears that prayer and is touched by that prayer, God tells the angel to respond, to answer, to send the, to send the breakthrough back down to the earth. We pray. We fill up the bowls. Notice they were bowls, plural. Notice they were filled. And once that bowl is filled, God then responds. He answers the prayer, and he sends it back here to earth. God sends the help. God sends the answer. God sends the breakthrough. This is what you need to understand today, is that you have, come on, as a Christ follower, you you have a bowl. You have a bowl in heaven, and, and uh, nothing happens with your bowl unless you put something in your, your bowl. You, you have a bowl in heaven, but nothing happens with your bowl. It has your name on it, but nothing happens with your bowl unless you're willing to pour something into the bowl, which then gives the angels the opportunity to allow that aroma, that prayer to ascend before God 
where God then can respond and reply and send the help that, that you need. The, the question would be here today is, is your bowl full or is your bowl empty? Well, God's not helping me. Is your, your bowl full or is your bowl empty? Most people don't understand what takes place. One of the greatest privileges that that God has ever given humanity is this privilege to pour our prayers into our bowls. Wow. Here's a question you need to ask yourself all through this message. Is my bowl empty or is my bowl full? You see, what really matters is what I'm putting in my Bowl, and if I will put something in my bowl, God will answer. Here's the first thing I'm going to do with two things today as we just kind of launch this introduction. And I'm excited about some things I believe God's given me the next couple weeks. But as a way of introduction, just really trying to to maybe excite you and stir you about the possibilities that that we have in prayer. I want to give you two thoughts today, two truths. Concerning prayer, here's the first thing that you need to know about prayer. Number one, for God to answer prayer, prayers have to be prayed. For God to answer prayers, prayers have to be prayed. Many believers live their life thinking, we do this, we all do this. We think, well, well, God knows my problems. God knows my issues. He knows, he knows my pain. He knows my hurt. He knows my rebellious kids. And, and if God wants to do anything about it, he'll just show up and do something about it. But that's not Bible. You're believing a lie. That, that there's nowhere in the Bible that says God's just going to automatically come on, come, show up in your life and just do things without you praying. In fact, just the contrary. The Bible teaches us in James 4, 2, that you... Do not have what you want because you do not fill the bowl. You you didn't fill. I don't know why God doesn't do anything in my life. I don't know why he doesn't touch my children. I don't know why I don't get a financial breakthrough. When's the last time you spent some time filling the bowl? The, the, The Bible, James, Jesus' own brother says, The reason why you don't have what you really want is because you're really not asking God. Um, It's been said by many Bible scholars that really know the Scriptures, that according to the Scriptures, it seems that God will do nothing except in answer to prayer. You see, God doesn't respond to our need. I wish He did. Wouldn't that be awesome? But God does not respond to our need. God responds to His Word. And God's Word tells us specifically that we are to pray. So as believers, it's our faith and our obedience to do what God has says to do that we then see God respond with fire from heaven. So here's the question that we might need to ask ourselves is what have we missed out on because we've just been too busy to pray. Uh, I'm not sure that we, that we really have bought into or really understand the necessity to, to take a moment, to take time and pray. You see, for God to answer prayer, prayers have to be 
made. Second Chronicles 7, 14, we know it, that my, my hope, in fact, I'm not going to teach you anything new. I'm just hoping that, that maybe I can stir you up, that we can get back on course and really get stirred up about the things that God wants us to do. But Second Chronicles 7, 14 says it this way, if my people, if, if, if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, notice, then... God says, if you'll do the if, he'll do the then. Then I will hear from heaven, will forgive their sin, and heal their land. God says, if you will pray, then I will heal. But in order for God to heal, in order for God to do this in our lives, we have to do the if. We have to pour our prayers into our prayer bowls. And, and if, if, if we'll do this, then God will release and respond with the answer and with the help. God needs us to do the if. Um, and, and you know, in a crazy world like we're living in now, boy, I'm telling you, boy, this is the answer, isn't it? You, we don't need more marches and more protests going on. What we need is a church to start to pray. This is the answer for our nation. It's, it's the answer for the, the anger and the racism and the political turmoil and the hate. It's the answer. It's the answer if my if they would. It's almost like God says, I know you probably won't because you're so busy with, with, with social media and work and eating and the Niners and Raiders and you're so, but, but, but if you ever, ever do it, if, if you ever pray, if you ever choose to fill the prayer bowl, I'm going to get involved and do for you what a, what a march couldn't do and what a protest couldn't do and what a president couldn't do. Come on, church. That's our place. We've got to fill up the prayer bowl. And we've got to pray. It's the answer. Not only to our nation, it's the answer to the issues in our life. Man, we all have issues. We're all looking for help. And I'm here to tell you, this is really the answer to our confusion. It's the answer to our struggle. It's the answer to our, to our needs. In fact, when I was reading this a couple of days ago, I, I'm just so stirred. And I've read this so many different times and preached it so many different times. And you know what? I'm going to do something to act on this verse. And, 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 and I'm asking celebration to do this with me. Maybe for just this week. I love new technology because on new technology on our phones, we got these alarms, right? And so I'm going to do the, I'm going to start today. I'm going to initiate something. Hopefully I'll get more than one or two people at all of our campuses. I'm going, to, I'm going to initiate for one solid week until we come back next Sunday. I'm going to initiate the if challenge. I'm going to ask you, I've been doing this for a couple of days. It's, it really is really changing my life. That, that I want you to set two alarms. I want you to set an alarm and at 714, 2 Chronicles 714, 714 a.m. And, and then 714 p.m. And, and when that alarm goes off, whatever you're doing, you just stop and you just take a moment and you pray according to 2 Chronicles 714, God, I'm doing the if. You said I would, if I would pray, if, if, if I would pray that you would hear, and that you would heal our land. I'm not talking about a long prayer, maybe a minute, maybe 30 seconds. Um, but I'm asking celebration. Would, would you do this with me for the, for the next week? Those that, 
that, that can, those that are serious about answers at all the campuses. Well, what if we had a, a thousand people at 714 and, and tomorrow morning, Monday morning, alarm goes off and all of a sudden we stop and we just begin to pour out our prayer into a prayer bowl. Not, not a long prayer, 30 seconds, a minute. You can do that. Oh, you can do it. takes you longer to post what you post on social media. We can do that at all the campuses. God says, if we'll do the if, he'll do the then. We need healing. And this is the way we get healing, by pouring our prayer into our prayer bowl. You know, God said this to Jeremiah, the same thing. For God to answer prayer, you got to pray at Jeremiah. So Jeremiah 29, when you call on me, when you come and pray to me, God says, I'll listen. I'll listen. When you come looking for me, you'll find me. Yes, when you you get serious about finding me and want it more than anything else. Notice this. I'll make sure you won't be disappointed. God's decree. I love this part. Catch this. Some of you are facing things right now. You need a breakthrough. And this is the answer. God says, I'll turn things around for you. I know what some of you are thinking. Has it come to that? You mean we got to pray? It's come to that. that. That's how you get out of the lawsuit. Come on, that's how you get out of the financial difficulty. That's how you get healing for your, your, your bad marriage. Come on, that's what's going to turn around your kids, your teenagers. Come on, if my people, come on, if we'll fill up the prayer bowl, God will release the answer from heaven. Notice again, notice again, for God to answer prayer, prayers have to be prayed. He says, if you pray it, Jeremiah He says, I'll turn things around. And I just want to encourage you today because I know there's a lot of us facing a lot of of things. But there's not a problem too big that God cannot solve. There's not a pain too great that God cannot heal. And there's not a past too bad that God cannot change. And there's not a person too lost that God cannot save. And God says, if you'll pray it, He says, I'll turn things around. But God will not automatically turn things around for you unless you're filling up your bowl with prayer. You know, Jesus knew this principle that prayers had to be prayed. Uh, The reason why I want to talk about that, because that's remarkable to me. Here, God, God prayed I mean, Jesus, did you know in in three and a half years of ministry on this earth that Jesus had a reputation of of prayer? Why would God need to pray? That's amazing to me. But you need to understand when Jesus came to the earth, he didn't didn't come as as just God. He, He stripped himself of his deity and took on humanity and lived this life. Like you're living today, empowered by the Spirit of Almighty God. Therefore, his example was he prayed so that you would understand that you need to pray if you're going to make it in the journey called life. And what's remarkable to me, if you study the life of Jesus, one of the major characteristics that the Bible talks about more than anything else is Jesus' prayer life. If Jesus needed to pray... (gasps) then what are we doing? We need to pray. I mean, it goes on and on. Let me just give you a few examples. In Mark one thirty-five, I mean, Jesus 
prayed early in the morning before daybreak the next morning. Jesus got up and went out to an isolated place to pray. One translation said, as he often did. This was Jesus, our master, our savior, our example, showing us how to live this earthly life. He had to be empowered. We need to be empowered. Jesus prayed at night. He didn't just pray in the morning. He prayed at night. Matthew 14, 23. He went up into the hills by himself to pray. Night fell while he was there alone. Jesus prayed in the morning. He prayed at night. But notice here, the Bible says he prayed all night here in Luke 6, 12. He spent all night in prayer. It goes on and I could wear you out. It goes on and on. There's so many, so many descriptions of Jesus's prayer life. Jesus, we see throughout scripture that Jesus prayed throughout the day for all kinds of situations. Jesus prayed before he was baptized. Jesus prayed before he launched his public ministry. Jesus prayed before he traveled to minister. Jesus prayed before he chose his 12 Why are you hiring those guys without prayer? Hello. Before Jesus chose his disciples, he prayed. Jesus prayed before important events. Before the Niners were played. Jesus, no, Jesus prayed. Jesus prayed before great achievements. Jesus prayed before great temptations. And Jesus prayed. Somebody needs to hear this. I think it's a forgotten, forgotten Instruction that Jesus prayed before he ate. Listen, the Bible's very clear, and, and I don't want to be legalistic or anything, but, but the Bible's very clear. Before you eat a meal, the Bible says that you should bless that meal, that you should give thanks for it, and ask God to bless your bread and water, and then specifically tells you to pray this, and to remove sickness and disease. I'm here to tell you a lot of what we're eating is killing us. But God says, before you eat it, pray over it and let me bless your bread and your water. I wish I could get a big amen right there. Jesus prayed before he he ate. Jesus prayed in the midst of crisis and persecution. This is amazing. I can show you where Jesus prayed where he was so tired and sleepy. Oh, I'm so wore out. I can't pray. I know it's 714, but I'm tired. Jesus prayed when he was tired. Jesus prayed when he was very busy. Jesus prayed in the last moments of his life. Jesus prayed. In fact, in fact I don't know if you know it. Jesus is praying right now. <laughs> in heaven, Hebrews tells us that Jesus is praying right now. Jesus prayed with just a few people. Jesus prayed with large crowds of people. Jesus would pray for others. Jesus would actually pray for himself. Jesus would get on his knees to pray. It's all in the scriptures. It's just over and over the characteristics of his prayer life. Jesus would stretch out on the ground and pray. Jesus would pray with his face before God, and he'd pray while walking. He'd pray with his eyes closed. He'd pray with his eyes open. Jesus prayed earnest and persistent prayers. Jesus prayed with tears. Jesus prayed with loud cries at times. Jesus prayed with a whisper at times. Jesus prayed short prayers. Jesus prayed long prayers. What's your point, preacher? The point is this. Prayer was a part of Jesus' everyday life. Jesus responded to life by praying, Um, which brings us to the second the second truth of the second thing that you need to know about prayer 
is that persistence is the key to answer prayer. That's why Jesus had a lifestyle of prayer, because it's the persistence that's the key to the answered prayer. In, in Luke 18.1, Jesus not only prayed, but he actually taught. He taught on prayer, and he's teaching his disciples the importance of prayer, and Jesus teaches the importance of persistence in filling up your prayer bowl constantly. He says this in Luke 18, 1. One day Jesus told his disciples a story to show that they should always pray and never give up. What was Jesus saying there? He said, don't, don't quit. Don't get weary. Just, just because it's not working, just because you haven't got the answer, don't stop praying. Wow. And then he goes on and he, he illustrates his spiritual truth by telling a true story here. And Jesus says there, there was a judge in a certain city, and he said, who neither feared God nor cared about people. So it's a, it's, it's a wicked judge. And a widow of that city came to him repeatedly saying, give me justice in this dispute with my enemy. And the judge ignored her for a while, but finally he said to himself, I don't fear God or care about people. Now catch this, catch this. But, but this woman is driving me crazy. Whoa, come on, man, that's your verse. That's your Bible verse you put on the mirror. This woman, oh, you're not gonna have fun with me, you bunch of religious, bunch of religious going people. This woman, you know how many times I've said that in my mind, this woman, oh, God is driving me crazy. I thought it was funny. This woman is driving me crazy. I'm going to see that she gets justice because she is wearing me out. Wow. Notice what it says here. Then the Lord said, learn a lesson. My prayer today as I begin to tie this message up is that we would learn this lesson. That, that in order for Prayers to be answered, prayers have to be prayed, and, and, uh, and this truth that persistence is the key to answered prayer. Jesus says, okay, guys, I'm teaching you on prayer. Not only do you see my lifestyle where, where I'm constantly filling the bowl, but, but you need to understand that you need a, a lifestyle where you are constantly filling the bowl Verse 7, it says, even he, it says, learn a lesson from the unjust judge. Even he rendered a just decision in the end. And notice what Jesus says here. So, so don't you think that God will, will surely give justice to his chosen people who, who cry out to him night and day? Not night and day, no. You, you can't pray all the time. You can't just stop life and get on your knees. That's not what God is saying. God is just trying to teach us instead of prayer being the last resort, let it be your first response. See, see most of us use prayer like we use 911. We get in trouble and then we cry out to God. And what Jesus is trying to teach us here is, is that prayer is not to be the last resort. It's to be the first response. That, that, that 
when you get up in the morning, the first thing you ought to do is, is pray. Huh? Before you eat that meal, the first thing you ought to do is pray. Hey, before you back that car out of the driveway, be a good idea. I've seen some of you drive. You ought to, you ought to pray. What would that be like when we send our kids off to school instead of saying, hey, did you finish your homework? Pull those britches up. What if we just prayed? God, I bless my kids today. I thank you that you're going to protect them. I'm not talking about long, wear me out prayers. I'm just talking about prayer not being the, the, the fire alarm to your life, but prayer being the first response in everything that you do in life. You're just constantly filling up your prayer bowl. I like this. He says, won't, won't, won't God respond to his people, a just God, a good God, if his people will, will just fill the prayer bowl? Now listen, don't get this, don't get this all wrong. This, the moral of this story is not it pays to pester God. It's not about that. The moral of this story is not just pester God until he answers. It's not about just bugging God. That, that's, not the, that's not the point of this story. The whole point of this story is that this widow, this widow woman, through, through her persistence, if she can get an unjust judge to make it right for her, then how much more can God's children with a good, just God do for us if we will just pray? And then he, he goes on and says this, and I want you to catch this. He goes on to say in verse 8, Jesus telling his disciples, he's teaching prayer. He says, I tell you, I tell you, he will grant, he's talking about his father, God, he will grant justice to them quickly. You see, if you're willing to pray for as long as it takes, then it won't take very long. If I'm willing and committed to the filling up the prayer bowl, if I'm willing to pray as long as it takes, Jesus promises God's going to respond quickly. And he finishes that verse by saying this, when the Son of Man returns, how many will he find on earth who have faith? What is he saying? What is Jesus saying? You know what Jesus is saying there? He says, will anybody do this simple truth? Will, will anybody on earth be committed to filling up their prayer bowls? Will I find anybody that will be persistent in prayer who will, who will have an always pray, never give up lifestyle? You see, the bottom line, the point that I'm trying to make here today for all of us and all of our campuses is that we just need to keep praying and we need to refuse to quit. We need to keep sending those prayers up to heaven. We need to pray. We need to pray until we get justice. We need to pray till we get the answer. We need to pray until we get the, the breakthrough. Come on, we need to pray until we get the victory. We need to pray until our prayer bowl gets filled up. Until it gets filled up. Send that prayer up and watch God send the answer back down. 
This has become one of my favorite verses, one of my favorite verses in the Bible. I've been praying. Typically in the morning, I will start my day off in prayer. And in the mornings that I do that, I usually look at Psalms chapter 5 because it's the psalmist, the way he started off his morning in prayer. And I'll use that kind of as I initiate my prayer time with God. And and I'll quote this. And uh, it's going to mean a lot to you now because this is what the psalmist said as he started off his prayer time. This is what he said. He said, God, I need your help. Every morning you'll hear me at it again. You're going to hear me praying. You're going to hear me filling my bowl. Huh? Every morning I lay out the pieces of my life on your altar. And notice what the psalmist says. And then I watch for fire to descend. He, the psalmist knew. He understood what prayer was all about. That, that, that as he laid his, the pieces of his life out before God in the morning. God, my marriage, I need help, oh God. God, I'm just not a good good husband like I need to be. As he poured the pieces of his life, God, I've got financial difficulties. God, they're, they're repossessing the cars today. As he poured out the pieces of his life, God, my children, oh, they need you, Lord. I don't know what to do. God, I don't know what to do with this business issue, this lawsuit. God, what? As he poured out the issues of his life, filling his prayer bowl, he then stood back because he knew that there were angels in heaven. Was allowing the aroma of those prayers to go up before God, to touch the heart of God. And he knew that God responded by fire, the power and the help of the Holy Spirit. The answer, the breakthrough, the deliverance. What would that be like if you got so excited and really believed what I was preaching today? That this is literally what takes place, that you could fill up your prayer bowl and then step back and say, Oh, God. I'm just watching for the answer to come on my kids today. I'm just watching for the answer to come on my bank account today. I'm just watching for the answer to come upon our nation, upon our city. Uh, I like that. I just watched for fire to descend. It's kind of been the story of our life. This church is, is here because of this. I'm doing what I'm doing because of this. There's any one thing that I have so bought into from, from, a, from, from, from probably a kid raised in old-time church where we'd have all-night prayer meetings. We never closed a service where you didn't go to the altars and just pray. I was raised in that. I was, I was raised in that environment. And, 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 and that's how we've raised our kids. That's how me and my wife have lived our life. That's, that's what's gotten us through. That's... That's where we've gotten the answers of doing what we're doing today. I can, I can bring so many stories to illustrate this, but as I close today, um, there, there's one that comes to mind that was really a painful, painful time in our life when our kids, who are all out of the house now, thank God they're... Listen, if you've got teenagers, just hang on. It, they're, it's, they're, Got great kids, they're all married grandkids, got a great family. But a lot of people look like look at us and think, well, you never had any problems. But there was a season in our life that that our 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 teenage kids, they weren't doing very good. Uh, well, but let me be more specific. My daughter has never done anything wrong. She's a perfect child. But but <laughs> I love you, baby. 
She's at our Fresno campus, and she knows she's perfect. But, but I have two boys, and there were some times in their life that, that they just got stupid. Almost like they were demon-possessed. You know, it's just a teenage thing, and, and you know what, man, Sheree, we, did, man, we didn't know how, what to do. We didn't know how to handle it. We've never been parents before. You know, it's amusing to me. Your kids will tell you what you've done wrong and all that. And Well, you didn't come with a manual, stupid. It's like, how do I know? You, you'll figure this out when you have kids. And so they were, you know, we, we raised them right. We, they're not supposed to be doing this. What the heck is going on in our house? And, and I've shared this story before, and I'll never forget when my wife said, I, all I know is that I'm going to get up early in the morning, and if I will seek the face of God... Here's what I know. It will be well for me and my children. And and you know what happened? In the craziness of the season of that life, my wife rolled out of bed at an ungodly hour because, you know, she had other things to do. So to make this work, I mean, she's rolling out of bed like at 4 o'clock in the morning. And I'm feeling so guilty because I'm sleeping and she's out there. And she's, she's pouring prayers into her prayer bowl because, because we got a crisis in our home. Maybe, maybe it didn't look like a crisis to other people, but it was tearing our hearts to pieces. And four o'clock would come around, and, and there she would go. And finally, after a few days of that, I felt so guilty. I started rolling out of bed with her, and she'd take her place, and I'd take my place. And pour our prayers into our prayer bowls week after week month after month even year after year and you know what we got through that difficult season God's done some great amazing things with our children love God serving God got great tremendous tremendous callings upon their lives how did that how did that happen how did that happen I'll tell you how it it happened is that is my wife took initiative to begin to pour her prayers into the bowl. And every morning, she just pour her prayers into the bowl. And that prayer, that prayer came up before, that aroma of that prayer came up before God. And God said, I've got to do something about that situation. And you know what God did? God responded. God sent answers. God sent the breakthroughs. And I'm here to tell you, it's time to fill your bowl and let God respond from heaven with breakthroughs and helps and answers. I wish I could get somebody to shout about the goodness of God right now. So so here's the question. Is your bowl... Is your bowl empty or is your bowl full? Because if you'll fill it, God will. He'll answer it. Oh, I pray today you never treat prayer the same way you've treated it, that you see it as the greatest privilege ever afforded to humanity, that all I got to do is send that up and God will send the answer down. Father, I pray for all of our campuses today. God, that there would be an awakening. 
God, a revival. Back to prayer. God, the lies of the enemy that has stolen so much. God, these truths, these important truths that can help your people. God, forgive us. Forgive me, Lord. God, even as a pastor, I've been so busy. So much of the time I didn't pray. I've made it more difficult than than what I should have. God, I pray that, that today, God, there'd be such a great awakening at all of our campuses. God, this isn't a negative thing. But God, this is this is something that's positive that I I can I can begin to pray today that I've been given an opportunity that, that things can begin to change today because I begin to fill my prayer bowl up. And God, as we do, God, as many of us are activating the, the challenge of 2 Chronicles 7, 14, God, I pray that even in this week as we lift our voices at 7.14 a.m. and 7.14 p.m., that God you would answer with fire, that you would answer with help, that you would answer with breakthrough, that you would do great and mighty things, that you truly would turn things around in Jesus' name. Amen. And amen. Amen. And all of our campuses, I'm so excited. I probably could go on for a long time, but would you bow your heads? close your eyes as I close this service. Campus pastors will allow you to take the service in just a moment, but before I do that today, I'm just going to give an opportunity here in Clovis, there in Madeira, and there in Fresno. If you don't know Jesus as Lord and Savior, there is a prayer you can pray. The Bible says, all that call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Maybe you're here today at one of our campuses and you have no relationship with Jesus. All you have to do is believe in your heart, confess with your mouth, and you shall be saved. Listen, you need to ask yourself the question, what would happen if you died right now and spend, where would you spend eternity? There is a heaven to go to and there is a hell to stay away from. Do you have a relationship with Jesus? Or maybe you're here at one of the campuses and say, I've done that, but you know what? I've kind of done my own thing and really what I need to do is just rededicate my life to Jesus. I need any of those two invitations. At all of our campuses, I'm gonna ask you, please, no moving around. At the end of these services, I want to really encourage our church people. Listen, this is a, just an honor of people making decisions. Sometimes when you get up and you begin to move, you distract the decision-making of others. And so this is a holy moment right now. So let's just stay right to the end until we dismiss you. If, if that's you, you need to make a decision for Christ before your head can talk you out of it. I want you to lift your hand here in Clovis. There, is there anybody who needs to get right with God today? Is there anybody? Yes, I see hands going up. Hands going up. Hands, hold them up just for a moment. Hands all over this building today in close. There in Madeira, there in Fresno. I believe hands are going up. You can put those hands down. I want you to pray this prayer. It's a simple prayer. It's just a prayer of declaring Jesus as your Lord and Savior. Say, Father God, today I receive Jesus as my Lord and Savior. Come on, shout it out loud. Say, I receive Jesus as my Lord and Savior. I believe he died for me. I believe he rose from the grave, took my sin, took my judgment, and I receive his forgiveness. I receive God's forgiveness right now. Jesus, be my Savior, and I make you my Lord. In Jesus' name, amen and amen.
This podcast is presented to you by Pastor Randy Han and Celebration Church in Fresno, California. For more information, please visit celebrationchurch.cc.